right, we're going to wait for Sonic Geno to connect. Let's see. There he is. That's our Sonic Geno. Geno, you, you made it, my friend. How are you tonight? I'm doing well, man, the best I can after such an amazing day of work that I had today. Amazing day of work. See, you went from never wanting a job again, you were just going to live in the basement forever, and now you love work. Amazing day of work, Gino says. Welcome to the Wrestling Journalist, Gino. It's so good to have you here. It's been too long. Like, I even messaged you today. I like was missing talking wrestling with you. There's so much has happened these past couple weeks. I watched a bunch of WWE yesterday because I feel like I haven't watched that in forever. Um, but G I like where do we even we start with Impact, right? We're the unofficial podcast of Impact Wrestling. Scott Demore personally unblocked me on Twitter to make sure that I could follow Impact Wrestling on Twitter, my favorite wrestling show. And Gino. Alex Shelley is the Impact Champion. We didn't get to have a big party. We didn't get to break down the pay-per-view. Like, it was such a good event. And, like, watching it was so unique. Like, it, it, like why, did, why would Alex Shelley win the world title? But then when he did, it felt so right. It did feel so right, especially like with you and me. We've been through the trenches, me more than you, because you like did, did you stepped out for a little bit, then you came back into the trenches with me. But following Alex like, for twenty years, when he was just some fucking dweeb with a fucking camcorder and a tripod for a fucking eye spy, turning into pop arts production, then becoming this guy, they were like, "Oh, Morrissey Machine Guns, badass tag team, the greatest tag team in the history of pro wrestling." And then finally, these 20 years later, he finally gets this recognition of being a world champion on a major promotion. I, well, first of all, I like that you said, like, yeah, you you backed out for a few years. Yeah, I was started watching. I started watching TNA in 2002. Okay, so I was on the TNA train five years before you knew what wrestling was. Okay, so I know I knew who Alex Shelley was when he was just some vanilla jobber that came out and was like a like kind of cute and he had girls with him or whatever his thing was. And then I remember paparazzi production. I remember uh, the PCS, the paparazzi championship series. Like I remember this. I was a big fan of the Austin star and Kevin Nash, where he said he did most of his exhibition stuff in a two sided ring. So I know, I know my, my Alex Shelley throughout his entire career. The only time I took off was when uh, they were on a channel called Pursuit, and I didn't know what the fuck that was. So, yeah, I took a, and I took some green rope TNA off because I think, was that the Pursuit era? I think it was. I think it all lines up because I did not know how to watch that show for a while. It was on Destination America, which I had, and then it was switched to Pop TV. That was probably when I stopped watching because I don't think I had Pop, so I was watching it illegally, and... I got, you know, I'm a dad. I watch things legally, okay? So I wasn't watching pop TV on an illegal feed, Gino. I understand. You weren't doing anything illegal. You never were on the lime wire like everyone else was for a short time when they couldn't watch any other way. I understand. Yeah. I got the mister. It is definitely over 120 degrees in this garage. I went inside, and this tank top is soaked. It is just a disaster, Gino. Um, he so, hate me says there's a rumor going around that Gino likes to diddle kids to turn them trans as a way to support LGQTB. Gino, that's not that's not funny. I don't like that. Do you do that, Gino? I don't do anything like that. I just sit around and watch pro wrestling and go to work. That is kind of what you do. Like that was what you just said is a complete encapsulation of who you are and what you do, and that's why you're a wrestling journalist. So let's just go. Let's go through it real quick. We didn't get to do it. Against All Odds, from top to bottom, amazing show. For those who have not seen it, it is on Impact Ultimate Insiders on YouTube. I've rewatched some of it because it was it was that good. It was that fun to go back and rewatch the 841 match, which I thought was such a cool idea. Um, and then even the fallout from this past week on Impact. So um, let's go through it really quickly, just some of the highlights. Because um, at least for me, now the dog collar match, let's start with a negative. So that's when that started in the in the package and the video. I was kind of excited. I thought, okay, this will be fun. But then the match was happening, and the crowd was sitting on their hands. And I know this is an impact crowd, so it's smaller. But you hear the crowd in all these other matches; they were sitting on their hands in this for this match. It like do they did they have an over in, like inflated view of what this rivalry was? Because I didn't really care that they were fighting. There's no stakes. You know, it's supposed to be a grudge match. Like, we just hate each other. We have to fight. And the fact that it was a dog collar match was also, like, 
okay, they're kind of giving it a unique stipulation. We don't really see that for for women's matches, and we have somebody in AEW who says they've had the best dog collar match ever. Um, this this was a, this was the only miss of the night for me. I felt like it was starting off slow and the fans weren't really getting behind it as like they should have. And I feel like it's because, again, we had weeks of buildup, which wasn't like the focus yeah. of the story. They were always like, oh, just backstage, they're beating each other up. Oh, they're in the crowd, they're beating each other up. They just can't stop fighting each other. It wasn't like the main focus of like what they were really trying to tell, especially then what happens at the end. Because I feel like by the end, the fans were finally getting behind Masha or Keller Kelly, and then we had that moment, which we finally are realizing, okay, so the story is continuing but a complete separate way that we were expecting, because this is not the finish, but it leads to something more potential in the future. Yeah, I didn't even get that feeling. I really didn't. Like, just, just from me watching that match, I think they thought this is a huge blood feud that we have. This has been building. These two can't keep their hands off each other. So maybe that's why, like, one of, the, one of my favorite, now, hold on. Everyone go with me on this journey. One of my favorite like storylines that that ever happened in the history of wrestling. Uh, I remember when JBL and John Cena were going into their match at WrestleMania, Teddy Long, greatest general manager ever, put in a stipulation, you guys can't touch each other until WrestleMania. Because then it made it a lot more special when they did finally connect at WrestleMania, you know, Cena had to beat up Orlando Jordan and he had to beat up the Bashams. Like he had to beat up all of JBL's cabinet and all of his cronies. So by the time he gets to WrestleMania, he finally gets his hands on JBL and he finally has that moment of winning, winning that match. So maybe with these two, since every week it's just punches through the crowd and we're kind of wondering why are you guys even fighting? There wasn't enough like to that storyline to make me want to see them fight. Plus I've seen them fight every fucking week. So why does it matter that they're fighting again? I guess that is a fair point. That's why maybe they won another dog car match to make you feel like, oh, this is at least going to be so different than what you've seen, even though they did start it off at the beginning of the match with what you have seen before, yeah. but then going into the crescendo of the finish, which I thought was a really good story they were telling at the end, especially after the match. I'm like looking forward to what's going to happen with them together. Yeah, well, that's what they're setting up, right? They're going to be a team now. Because I don't even think they were referenced on Impact this past week. They didn't even mention Killer Kelly, did they? They just kind of showed the highlights, and they didn't really go through, like, they're going to be a team now, uh, Tom. So, okay, they didn't really touch on that. Uh, the 8 4 one oh, oh, the Saban match. So, this was a really good match. Uh, he, nine time, and I – when you're watching it, it was kind of a definitive victory. It wasn't like a weird roll-up or something. It was You saw it coming from like cradle shock to, to finish. It was, holy shit, Saban just beat this guy. And it was old school, like Chris Saban feel, for me at least, of, yeah, hail Saban. Like everything that we saw in that match from him being world champion, it was like, hey, yeah, you know, I did take three years off of Impact because the ropes were green and Jeff Jarrett didn't know what the company was called. But I remember Chris Saban with his Hail Saban gimmick and him not liking Jerry Lynn and he wanted to be the new face of the exhibition. And I remember all that stuff. So it's for him to now be 20 years later from that as the the nine-time exhibition champion. And Trey Miguel, even though he lost the belt, and I know I'm not a big Trey Miguel guy, I thought his promo on Thursday was fantastic. Like Now his character makes a little more sense. And uh, I, I don't know. I'm kind of <laughs> – this happened so easily with me. I became a Jinder Mahal fan too late. Uh, I'm kind of a Trey Miguel guy right now. And I was as well a big Trey Miguel fan before this match. I was like, okay, if Trey wins, this is great. If he loses, I don't – I mean, it was going to upset me. But then knowing the match, like seeing the match itself, seeing just Chris Saban showing his fucking style, showing that he could still fucking go. Like he's always been able to show this entire fucking run. And him finally doing it, being the first ever man to hold the X-Fish title nine times was a big moment. It didn't told the rest of the story for the rest of the night if Alex Shelley could do the same. It was a big moment. I was really excited for that. Also excited for what could happen. And being that Trey could challenge for the Exodus title again or possibly in the future, Alex Shelley still remains world champion and Chris Saban relinquishes the Exodus title for option C and we have the guns fighting each other for the world title for the future. I don't want to see that. Brothers don't fight. I don't want to see my two friends fight each other. Last time they fought, it really was, it was hard on me, okay? And Shelley won last time, so Saban would have to be the heel now and I don't want that. Um, and then the 8-4-1 I thought was really well done. Kind of quick that first fall because, you know, I'm looking at the runtime here according to my friends over at Wikipedia, and they have 19 minutes total for phase one and phase two. Phase one ended really quickly. Nick Aldis has uh, 
who did he have in the, the, the his little move, his little Kingsley Cloverleaf? Who did he make tap out? Did he make Moose tap out or Rich Swan? I think it was Swan. It's been my fighting rewatch. It didn't even matter. I rewatched it, every other match but this one. It came out. It was so fa- You know what? It wasn't even that Gresham pin like Mike Bailey or something. It wasn't even like anything that we could have predicted or something that would have made sense. It was a really abrupt end to the four on four because then this is the problem with like two out of three falls matches or just anything where there's a phase one and a phase two because th- the writers are approaching it like it's one match. But for wrestling fans, when we watch a two out of three falls match and somebody loses to a, to a DDT within six minutes, it's like, oh, that was kind of like, imagine if that was a singles match and it was the main event of a fucking pay-per-view. That was the worst way to get a fall. Why did it have to be the first fall? So I thought like this four on four would be like a 20 minute epic. And then we would get like another 15 minute epic of a fatal four way. And it felt like we got a 15 minute four on four and then a three minute fatal four way. Well, it was like mainly a four-minute fatal four, but one of those minutes was because we were building up like why Bully Ray is not going to be involved in the finish. Yeah, which I think was a great thing we got to see, but it took so long that it made the rest of the match like oh they had to rush and speed through that fatal four way just for us to get Nick Aldis to make a motherfucker tap out. I I do think the eight four one is a great idea. Like I think that that style of like because these last two Impact pay per views I've kind of given them shit because it's always a good like they called one of them the Golden Six Shooter and then the next one they just called Six Man Match. It's like well. You guys are just doing the same thing that you were doing. Um, I, I even missed that X Division Triple Threat Revolver. Everyone hated that match. I loved it. But a triple threat match where whoever gets pinned leaves and then someone else comes in like a gauntlet but three people at all times. I thought that was a great idea, but apparently the rest of the world hated it, you know. It was a very interesting decision, which you should have brought back, but it's they want to do their own thing for this big match for all these eight possible world champion contenders. I feel like they did a decent job with the execution. They could have done better, but they did what they could with the time they had left. Heath cut a good promo on Thursday. Like, I know that like we give Heath a bunch of shit for like, not being a main eventer, but he kind of cut a promo that made me think, is Heath going to be a major player here on Impact Wrestling? I know that Kevin and Tyler said he was doing coke in the bathroom, which is kind of a bum out. Like, I don't know why that bothers me, but he like Heath should be one of those like former WWE guys to make himself better than what he was in WWE. And I don't know. I think it's kind of the same. Like that's you can kind of like Bully Ray is like the perfect example of somebody that made the most out of his time in Impact Wrestling. Went from a tag team guy in WWE. They tried him as a singles. It didn't work out. He finally gets that singles run in Impact, and it was so great. He became the top villain in wrestling for a while. We all remember the Aces and Eights. Loved it or hated, it was talked about around the wrestling world. And Bully Ray was the, the huge driving force behind that. So that really worked out. Like other guys, you know, I mean, who else is like even in this list? Rich Swan. Rich Swan was a two hundred five live guy, and he's moved on to Impact to become a, a heavyweight champion. So Heath has been like the same. He was even teaming with Rhino. Like even that is such a. I don't really have much creative, so I'll just do what I was doing in WWE that people remember me for. And that's why I really love that promo, just like you do. Like it yeah. was an amazing promo that sets up like he could do something. Heath finally showed he had fire. Like. People like me do like Heath is a great worker. We should be having him behind like somebody. And we're like, okay, finally we have this moment. Rhino is hurt again, which he always gets hurt. Yeah. It's the storyline that we can finally tell where Heath is gonna get that big momentum now that he needs to go for that world title. So yes, right now we have Shelley and Nick Aldis, but who knows if we might get Heath and Alex Shelley one day. How old is he? How old is like there, we can get a run out of Heath Slater, right? He can he can pull something off. He was born in eighty three. He's not that much older than I. Thirty nine years old, this guy could be world champion in a year. Hell yeah. The red headed rebel Heath Miller can easily be world champion next year. Be an amazing run for him. This year to twenty twenty four, we're gonna be seeing the elevation of Heath. You know his real name is Heath Miller. Why doesn't he go by Heath Miller? Why does he like to just do Heath? He likes the the one name. Because he feels like when you see a marquee at the main event, it could be just Heath. Heath versus I think is a perfect main event for any WrestleMania. Well, it's also a chocolate bar, Heath Heath bar. That's also a thing. So why not? Maybe he like if it's just Heath. Maybe that in, like hey hey fans, you remember Heath Slater, right? This one is just Heath. Like, he did the Cody thing. Like, I can't have Rhodes. I'll be Cody. But I'll come out with Brandy Rhodes. So they have to say Cody and Brandy Rhodes. Good workaround. 
Um, so, yes, Heath should have won the 8-4-1. You're right. Uh, the Ohio Street fight was fantastic. We're already watching the design fall apart because that was the only thing that didn't make sense. Like, if the design loses, they have to break up or they, they, they just suck now. Like, what? They're just jobbers. They keep losing. They just lost two weeks ago. Now, here they are losing again. Now, we finally saw Angel starting to argue with, with Diener. Um, they're kind of – because I even like Angel's bringing up, like, you know, I left the other place I was at because I didn't like being in a group that didn't appreciate me. And it's like – now I'm in another group that doesn't appreciate me. So he, he's he's having his own Heath Slater crisis. Like, I'll just do the same thing you knew me from at the other show. And that's why I'm, like, really uh, Oh, he will look break free from this, but Tom got to be a voice of reason, which I really enjoyed. Too. Yeah, I, like, it's just – so um, I, I do think that – I don't want to see the design break up. Like, it's such a great gimmick and a good stable – they need something though, because after losing two times in a row to, to Sammy Callahan, we need to we need to burst. We need to inject it with a lethal dose of something interesting. And the main event of Against All Odds, uh, Alex Shelley, Steve Macklin, such a great match, really really well done. Um, it, like honestly shocked, like just like I could not believe that Alex Shelley because this was just they were following the formula of. We got to stack up bodies for Macklin just like we did for Josh Alexander because we're building towards a bigger match at the big pay-per-view. And the fact that they just pulled a complete swerve. And now now I'm on board with Alex Shelley as world champion. Like, why why didn't we see it coming? That's what they that's what's so brilliant about this swerve is he comes out and he cuts the promo with Chris Sabin. They're the champs now. Kind of a convoluted segment, like Giselle came out and she's like, just like I'm better than Trinity. It's like, what? None of this has anything to do with you. Like, why did you come out here? Set up an awesome 10-man tag, though. So what do you think, Gino? Would you have kept – you have the book. Would you have kept Aldis versus Macklin? Or do you like where we're going now with Shelly as the babyface and Aldis now a heel going – like, that's the new match? Do you think that we have the best main event, or how would you have booked the main event of Slammiversary? There. I know his, but I still would the, the, the T-Mobile the T-Mobile is trying its darndest Gino maybe turn off video maybe that makes he it he hit work me better. says career jobbers turn champions this is this fat fuck's wet dream Shelly wasn't always a jobber he's real he was good there he was a, he's been champion he's been tag champ what Gino how about now Let's see. But hopefully this is going to stay stable. I'm just excited that we do have Shelly as champion. He deserved that big moment. He's bad at Lambert. All right. Yeah. And who, like, I think, I think the way they're doing this now with the Shelly, uh, I, I like Shelly uh, versus Aldis with the heel Aldis because baby face Aldis is kind of so over the top and it is kind of annoying and boring. So this is a little more interesting. We have Shelly who's just, is Shelly about to start stacking up bodies or am I, am I getting too romantic? Is Shelly a transitional champion? We're going to have heel Aldis be champion, but does, does that mean they just really didn't believe Macklin is their world champion? Cause they did such a good job building up Macklin to be their world champion. Because they know, like, no matter if he's a babyface or a heel, Macklin could be a great champion afterwards, even though Macklin does have his championship. Yes. Yes, you know. Um, wow, the T-Mobile. The, the I was worried about my internet. So, okay, the T-Mobile the is hanging in there. We are going to be okay. Um, but an amazing against all odds pay-per-view. I thought the, good, the follow-up show was so good. So well done. Um, I, I thought the the opening segment where we set up a ten man tag main event. Although I hate uh like SmackDown or Raws where they just the, the opening segment sets up the main event. Like that's just the obligatory way to book a wrestling show. Um, but they did it well. And in Impact, maybe it's different because they don't do that. They never really do opening promo segment leads to a main event. And this one felt so good. It felt it, it, like it just felt organic. It felt like it was the way we were supposed to do it. And then to have all this turn heel. Because uh, after the victory, Aldis takes the belt and just smashes Shelly in the face, solidifies himself as a heel. We're building towards, uh, we're 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 building towards Slammiversary, even though we kind of have a lot of stops on the way there, Gino. Like I'm kind of confused why we're we're so set on Slammiversary, but dude, we have uh, 
Like we got the sizzling summer thing. We got the down under event. Like we have title matches announced. We do have Mark Fair's gonna have us gonna be at this see and then next weekend we have uh defending his time Macklin on for one Australia show they're gonna have a Malachi Black says I want Douglas Williams back. Yeah, I guess I guess the sizzling summer is that one. Sadly, Douglas retired. I got some water right here. So the sizzling summer that you sent me is that before summer anniversary or after? Before summer anniversary, and I'm gonna. Talk a and Opus says I'm sorry, fucking sick ass Gino, dude. (laughs) Gino, the internet will survive. Okay, tell your mom to stop sucking up the bandwidth. That's what T-Con said. Hug Glissom 07 yes. says Gino try again later. You know, I will try something. I'm actually going to go right. Oh, see. I guess fucking hold. I'll be right back. It sounds good for like a second. You know, like he'll say something. I'm like, oh, it's working. And then it'll cut out. So Gino is resetting a router or whatever T-Mobile internet does. I don't know if that's a router that gets reset, but he's trying to do something. So there's some additional matches for our champion, Alex Shelley. So he's going to have some title defenses. Um in on his route to be able to uh, to get this anniversary, so I thought that was an interesting way to do that. But as I mentioned, I've been binging a lot of this WWE. Aaron, show. my lung says, Gino, close your window. You're letting the Wi-Fi out. Gino, the Wi-Fi, it's escaping. So Gino, it looks like you have reconnected. How is the T-Mobile going? I think the T-Mobile will be better since I'm using my phone now with Signal. Let's go, Gino. That sounds amazing. You sound like PCO if PCO is doing a wrestling discussion with his friend Vleeties. So um, really enjoyed what we're getting out of Impact Wrestling. I thought the the Fallout show was fantastic. Uh, But, I mean, Gino, did you watch Collision? I did watch Collision. It was an amazing first episode. I'm looking forward to where this goes in the future. It was a great Opening promo that felt completely separate from Dynamite, from Rampage, even from Ring of Honor. It was a complete different feel, different look. It wasn't the same shit that we were going to have. Like when we thought Rampage was going to be different, it ended up being the exact same production, same thing. At least with Collision, it felt and looked completely different. With everything that you could think of, it's the opposite. With more wrestling, more stories that actually made sense and was actually focused on this show. Unlike when everything else has to be like, intertwined with like setting up for the Friday show the week after at least with collision it seemed like it was just set up for that show and then the next week well and and I think uh I think the, the what I liked about collision the first half hour that I've seen at least I mean obviously I the punk promo whatever I came out and talked blah 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 I can't believe everybody likes this guy um looks like a vegetarian if we were building our creative characters and in, in the new game um so like that was fine, but then I thought the match between Wardog and Luchasaurus, like maybe it was their entrances, but the stage is bigger and looks different. Uh, I love the Elton John song at the beginning. So you're right, it did feel almost like a pay per view in a weird way. Like it, it felt a little more epic, and maybe because it is a weekend show, that's kind of the vibe they're going for. They want to have like a UFC feel to their Saturday fight show, um, and I haven't finished it yet, but. I thought the way that it started, at least with the punk promo, because obviously it's Chicago, we got to start with that. He's our big draw. He's why you're all watching. Um, and then I thought the title match after that followed that. Uh, it just felt de- – and then maybe it is the announcers. Maybe because I'm not – every time I watch Kevin Kelly, it is a pay-per-view for New Japan. But uh, I thought it was a really, really well-done entrance, at least first half hour, one of the best wrestling shows I've ever seen. It was a really good first half hour. You got to see the match. I was surprised they did make the switch where we have now Austin, our favorite big brother, the giant lizard, having that big win for Christian. But the lizard is champion, but Christian held the belt at the end because he's the real champion. What a great moment. Like, the way they did that. And, like, I I realized Christian wrestled that ladder match in a shirt, and I just thought, you need to go back to WWE. Um but when he was – remember John Moxley was the big, like, he needs to come to, like, AEW. He would do so well here. He's so creative. I wish we can get him here in AEW. He shouldn't sign with WWE. I remember, like, reading that interview thinking, like, what? Like, why would Mox want Christian to go so bad? And now look at Christian, fucking manager. Imagine if he was hanging out with Edge and they were pretending to be vampires. That would be more entertaining, but at least he's trying to help and put over the guy that you and I are getting behind. That is Austin, our favorite big brother. But he should already—he's—he was already over in yours in my eyes. I don't think he needed 
an old man to help him out and an old man that he's been hanging out with for two years now. Like, look at the timeline. He's been with Christian for so fucking long. And I know Jungle Boy was the main focus, but now that we have like heel, uh, now that we have heel Austin, it's just like, I don't know, like, like who fucking cares? And Christian, go to WWE. What's your problem? Um, I don't know. I thought it was really well done. What are your thoughts? Punk back. Did you mark out when Punk and Samoa Joe were face to face? Because I don't know if it's just hipster wrestling fan of me. I was like, oh, fuck you guys. You guys don't like this that much. It was actually really exciting about seeing those two lock up. But one thing I was actually more hyped for just seeing the two of them one on one was CM Punk and Jay White. I'm like, these this would be an amazing just one on one contest, a main event anywhere, and they could be able to fucking tear the house down. I'm looking forward to if that does become the case in the future. Yeah, maybe I'm still maybe I was enjoying my time away from CM Punk, so I gotta get in the mindset of like, okay, I'm watching punk stuff again. Um but yeah, me and my coworkers hated Punk. It was so funny, like because we were watching it all at work. I was like, "Dude, fuck this fucking guy!" And then he had his little moment with his sign at the end because he wants to be better than everybody. Um, so interesting character, Gino. Gino. Uh, so yes, that happened. What do you know about Diamond Dallas Page, Gino? You know, I don't know much about Diamond Dallas Page. All I know is that he helped my favorite actor, David Arquette, win the world title. So what do you think about, okay, so I don't know how this happened. Um, I'm just living my life uh, one, one day at a time. Can you still see, I know you're like on a phone. Can you still see if I have like something up on the screen? Yes, I can still see your video feed. I can be right here seeing what's happened with DDP and you. Okay, because this was just on my Instagram feed today. I know, Kevin, I swear, I do have, uh, I, I do have Twitter or whatever the other one he wants me to have is. Um DDP posted something, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, why did he post this? Uh, what what was the purpose? How did it happen? Um, so I have to share this with you because I was so confused by it. Um, so DD, did you ever do DDP yoga, Gino? Were you part of the, the wrestling fans that at least tried it? I was not a part of the people that did DDP yoga, Seth. I never did DDPY. Yeah, like Kevin and I were, I was into it for a while there. I really enjoyed it. I remember having the app for a while because somehow I had some promo where I, ha- I was paying 10 bucks a month for it. And I was like, this is a great deal. And then I lost that promo. I don't know what happened to that promo. It's gone forever. Uh, but I thought, what a great deal, 10 bucks a month. And then I canceled it for some reason or I missed a payment. And then when I went to renew it, it was like, oh no, this is worth way more than what you're paying. This is worth 35 fucking dollars a month. Or you could pay like, uh, I forget what it was. It was they had like a yearly fee that I thought was also ridiculous. It was like one twenty or something, which I guess equates to ten bucks a month. So what am I talking about? Um, check this out though, Gino. My my friend Diamond Dallas Page posted this. Peace up, A Town. Yeah, yeah, So for those who are watching on the podcast, this is like, this came out, This is this a year ago that this happened? This is a year ago. Some 87-year-old guy wanted to recreate the Yeah video. Have you, how did this not get talked about ever? Yes, people didn't really care too much about what DDP was posting with this old people doing Yeah, because it's so old. Dude, I, I don't know why this came up in my feed today. Let me so the, I, this is the eighty seven year old guy. So I don't know. I, I, this is the part that I saw, but let me watch a little bit of it. What is this, Gino? It's like just old people at the club? Like, how did DDP get involved? I have no idea. This is very intriguing. Wait, how the fuck DDP got involved with this old rendition of, yeah. All right, because, yeah, this song's from, like, 2003. Like, he hate I, me says this is such cringe shit. Yeah, I'm, like, watching this, like... like Aaron just, My Lung says that old man is DDP now. That's kind of what I thought. I was like, is that DDP? So I fast-forwarded to a minute 55, okay? Now, just podcasters, I'm so sorry. This is very visual. Go to trouble.live slash Vleeties. Go to the video room, and you can watch this, okay? Fast-forward to uh, one hour and 50 minutes in. So th- then you'll find it there. She asked for 
It looks like Lil John is Big Rob. So this is somebody that does DDP yoga. He's one of like the, like, hey, I'm just like you. I'm the big guy that does it. You know, he's one of those guys. I mean, I guess it's impressive. He's like 87 years old, like actually dancing. Because I'm reading through like, I guess the the description here says like, we gathered some seniors together and taught them to dance. And this was the end result. So I don't know, Gino, pr pretty impressive stuff. Look at them. They're doing it. In the club looking so conspicuous And rile these women all on the prowl If you hold the head steady, I'ma melt the cow And forget about game. Okay, so we have Diamond Dallas Page Former WCW champion uh, Also helped David Arquette win the title um, He's doing, he's lip syncing The ludicrous part And Gina, what is this? He's just proving that, you know, if you're an old enough man, you could use DDPY to be able to learn how to do choreography properly. Forget about game. I'm going to spit the truth. I won't stop till I get them in their birthday suit. So give me the rhythm and it'll be off with their clothes. Then bend over to the front and touch your toes. I left the jag and I took the rolls. If they ain't cutting, then I put them on foot patrol. How you like me now when my piggies valued over 300,000? Let's drink. You the one to please. Ludacris fill cups like double D. Me and Earth what's more when we leave them dead. We want a lady in the street, but a freak in the bed that say. How did this happen? What is this? This. this is perfect choreography for old people. He's proven that you can learn choreography with DDPY. Like, I just don't get how this happened and it never got. This was like a year ago. Like, how did this? This has less than 300,000 views. Our favorite wrestler of all time is lip syncing Ursher, and none of us ever saw it. None of us were interested in this to Usher in 2020. Maybe. Or Maybe that's all it was. Was like, why is he doing this old ass song? Is that just DDP? Like, this was the height of him knowing, like, oh, it's a popular song. Like, what was that song? Uh, that, that, the yeah song. Let's do that one. That'd be fun to do. Like, that, you could definitely see him in his yoga studio where they're at, which they've dressed up like a nightclub. Uh, and that was exactly probably the process of how they came up with this this video, right? That would be the obvious one that they make absolute sense. I would hope, like, if if DDP was more cultured at the time, he would, especially because it was a year ago, he could have done Despacito with these old people. Take that and rewind it back. Lil John got the beat to make your booty go. Take that, rewind it back. Ursher got the voice to make your booty go. Take that, rewind it back. Ludacris got the flow to make your booty go. Take that, rewind it back. Lil John got the beat to make your booty go. What is happening, dude? Like, whatever. This is amazing. I'm very happy that I saw this today. And they, like, he posted it. Like, this is on my YouTube channel. I didn't know it was posted a year ago. Like, how did he just, he just shared it now. Like, hey, if you found this, good for you. But nobody else saw this. Wants to finally get some traction, some focus on this amazing choreographed video that he did in his studio in 2022. Jeez, Gino. Unbelievable. Good work on DDP's part. So, Gino, uh, I watched three episodes of SmackDown. So, I didn't realize this, that I was that far behind. I watched uh, The Night of Champions. And then I kind of just was watching on Instagram and on Twitter what was going on with our friends over in the Bloodline. But I watched a lot of SmackDown, Gino. And I have, like, first of all, when I say SmackDown, what are like where do you rank that as far as shows right now? Because you like Impact Wrestling, you just said Collision was good. I'm assuming you still like Dynamite. Like, is are you still kind of with like do you grade WWE with like a harsher scale? Like, where are you at with your SmackDown fandom? I do grade WWE with a harsher scale, and I feel like SmackDown is right below NXT, and Raw is right below SmackDown. I've been able to enjoy NXT, especially tonight's main event tonight's show is actually really you're great. such a liar by the way like that's just you being cooler than everybody else in the room like if i tell everybody i really enjoyed smackdown these past few weeks i watched them all in one day it was really fun like if i watched all the nxts i wouldn't think it was that good like you're you're that's not true you just want to be cooler than all of us 
by pretending you like NXT more than any other wrestling show that's out there right now. I'm not more than any other wrestling show. I've been Dynamite is above NXT and above Dynamite is at Impact. Impact is the greatest show that you can watch every week that just never feels bad. I don't know if Dynamite's above SmackDown. You, we've had some shitty Dynamites. Last week's was good, but we've had a string of pretty poor Dynamites that, like, if I was comparing them next to these SmackDown, because so okay, let's talk some SmackDown. Um, La Knight, there he, is he a main eventer? What are they doing with that guy? He lost to Santos Escobar in like three minutes on SmackDown. Um, what are my other takeaways? Oh, Pretty Deadly. What did you think of that Pretty Deadly promo when they won that uh, gauntlet? I've always been a fan of Pretty Deadly. It was a great promo they got to have after that long fucking gauntlet. I was surprised how much time they got for that tag team gauntlet. But then they proved themselves that they get to be the number one contenders and win these tag team titles from these loser Canadians. Dude, I thought that was so awesome. <laughs> like their little promo, and and everybody at work hated it. Everybody thought it was such a stupid promo. I thought when they were doing, yes, boy, I thought that was one of my, like I'm watching that going, this is why I watch wrestling. I'm here for the yes, boys. I'm here for the, they even had another tagline that they were trying to get over. I was a big fan. So like, am I, am I in the minority on that? Are people hating Pretty Deadly? Were they hoping that the Street Profits were going to win? I'm sure a lot of people were hoping the Street Profits were winning. People are starting to get behind pretty deadly. And I'm just hoping since you are getting behind, yes, boy, one of their big catchphrases. Hopefully they do win the tag team toss. They do side play check, which is the best fucking catchphrase of their entire run. Dude, it was so, like, I don't know why I was sitting there laughing. So Maybe it was all the Delta 8, but I was laughing so hard watching this shit. Like, I'm trying to pull it up for you right now. Because they won that gauntlet, which I didn't, I did not think they were going to win. And even because. And obviously they were in the position to win because they came, you know, they were like the last entrant. So it's kind of perfect for them. Like, oh, no, we could we could come in like we can just kind of steal a victory here. So that's OK if if we if we win, like it doesn't really hurt anybody because we're coming in last. And I like the way like we just beat five other teams it's like yeah, you guys came in last like Seamus and Seamus and, and Ridge the Fridge who Ridge the Fridge, by the way, winning me over. I know that I've like. Because when he was in NXT, I was like, this guy's just a generic meathead and he'll never go anywhere. Is Ridge the Fridge the secret greatest wrestler of all time? Ridge is right up there with Buddy Matthews, who really is the greatest wrestler out there right now. The true secret no more, at least after his collision match against Andrade. Dude, I think uh, Ridge the Fridge is up there with like Hulk Hogan. I think, he, I think he's one of the greatest of all time. Let me see where I'm at in this promo. Oh, I hit the wrong fucking button, Gino. I knew that would happen. It looks like a play sign. They know what they're doing. And now it's taking forever to load. We will wait, Gino, for this thing to work. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was a great episode of SmackDown this past week because uh, our friends Pretty Deadly stole the show. And, yeah, they did get, like, the first 20 minutes of, of SmackDown was all them. So you're right. It was like they used them really well. And then they even got to come back after commercial break and talk. So it was a big deal for our friends. Thank you very much for that. That song rules, Gino. But you know, I do feel like some congratulations. Five minutes. Let's fast forward. Let's get our yes boys. So I think I speak for everybody when I say maybe just... Get the hell out of here already, would you? That's Sami Zayn, Gino. He's the tag champ. What a uh, rude tag champ. Hey, that was really cute. Thank you for, for all of that. Uh, I've got a good question, though. Because we just beat five teams, and yet somehow <laughs> our hair is drier and looks better than that mess of a man right there. Oh! What is that? And I and I, I talked about this today at work. I don't like these post match promos because the guys are winded. It is like different. It, you know, they never cut the best promos when they're exhausted. But maybe that gives these guys a pass. Like it, I kind of like the flaws in the promo because they're like, oh yeah, oh it's dry, and your hair, your hair is disgusting. What's that guy's name? Kit Wilson. Yes, Kit Wilson is the better part of the two. The other one, he's good too, but Kit is my favorite. I'm not. I'm not ranking them yet. They're still. I haven't watched them since NXT UK when they won the belts. What is that? How 
How dare you come out and interrupt Pretty Deadly? Yes, boy! The Killer Queens? Yes, boy! The Dandy Highwaymen? Yes, boy! The Brothers in Gone? Yes, boy! And the two tastiest snacks? Yes, boy! <laughs> well, uh, hey, let's cut to the chase. You said we're out here five minutes too long. Well, guess what? When we become the new Unified Tag Team Champions, we will stay out and celebrate for even longer. longer. Even, even longer. And then even longer. And you can all celebrate too. And we'll go even longer. And then just when you think it's going to end, we're going to celebrate even longer. Why do I like this? Is this the worst or is this the best? I'm fucking loving this shit. This is the best. They're the greatest tag team we have on WWE main <laughs> roster right now. I'm just happy that they're finally on this main roster. Get this moment. And again, Kit, right during that entire promo with this boy was talking, he kept on using the side plate check, Tom, because we know what's going to happen. They're going to win the tag team task. We're going to side plate checks every fucking week. And even it. when you think we're done, we're going to celebrate longer like their accents are hilarious kevin hates it in the chat he likes cm punk he likes support lgbt Th this was hilarious these guys and then even their little like things they wear like are they supposed to be gay or are they just kind of are they androgynous what are they doing they're just the most androgynous characters and the best characters in WWE today dude i was laughing so hard watching it must have been the delta eight but i'm not even on delta eight right now this shit was so uh, funny some zero seven says couple of facts what that's not what anyone else said i think they're straight i think they're hanging out with chicks they're like those guys who paint their nails to hook up with the chicks bro these guys are cis even longer Kev, you're you're here. I do enjoy Sammy saying. So these guys uh, are acting real gay. Are you gonna like freak out and go beat them up? Like that's pretty much what happens, you know. It's like, hey, you know, you've been flying off the handle at like regular shit. Like this is pretty gay. Like, do you wanna do you wanna go fight the gays? Is that what you want to do right now? Oh, it was so good, Gene. I was having so much fun watching this show. I was loving Pretty Deadly. It did feel inappropriate watching them a little bit, but I had so much fun. It was a very entertaining segment. Yeah, he's trying to be like, now we are very serious characters. And these two are very over-the-top cartoon characters. We want to beat the fuck out of them because we're serious in their cartoon. Uh, what's up with Bianca Belair? Is Bianca slowly turning heel? Why? Like, this whole Asuka and Charlotte angle. And Bianca was getting booed at... Uh, Oh, my gosh. What show is that? In Puerto Rico. They're booing the fuck out of her. Do you think her getting booed is kind of a sign of things to come that, hey, maybe we're due for a heel turn? We've already gotten our John Cena babyface epic title run out of her. It's time to, to switch things up. Have her be the new tribal chief. I feel like that does make perfect sense. We do get a heel, Bianca, since Rhea also, especially, is going into like more of a babyface turn as well, being the tweener, being like being with the heel group, but getting big babyface reactions. And we could find out like Adam Pierce makes some type of deal where he trades Bianca to Raw, as we're still slowly building up her heel character to then face the top babyface Rhea Ripley on Raw. Because Bianca, because yeah, Bianca and Rhea, I thought is where we were going for WrestleMania. We didn't go there, so maybe we're we're holding that for for something that's in our back pocket for the rest of time. Uh, so we can get to that eventually. But like just watching these these SmackDowns, like Bianca is in such a weird place where she's so valid in her like, hey, I wanted my fucking title shot. Why am I getting leapfrogged? And then it's also, like, if you're Adam Pierce, like, you've been the champion forever. Like, can we just do something else for a while? Like, Charlotte does have a point. Like, I am the line. She has a good point, Gino. Uh, Gino, your guy, Grayson Waller, is he a big star? He, of course, is a big star. Right now, we are just making this talk show host guy, but he's a very entertaining, a very charismatic guy. So we're slowly building up to be like, see, he's just this talk show guy who's just funny, and it's better than all his guests. And then eventually we're going to get him in the ring. You're going to see why he's the greatest. Do you think they did like, so I, I feel like I've never watched a SmackDown with him on it. I don't know how this guy's gone under my radar for this long. I didn't know he was like a main star on SmackDown. Um, I watched two Waller effects these past the, yesterday, uh, but he's Austin Theory. Like, what's the real difference in gimmick between Theory? Cause like I was watching the selfie stuff and, 
Like I just like his presentation. A lot of what they were showing in his video package was Austin Theory's video package. So I, maybe, and maybe that's just hey, wrestling's gonna be like that for a while. Like we're all influencers. Like that's just gonna be our thing. We're all all influencers. And then I guess TK in the chat says Theory can't talk. Waller is way better. Is he way better? Because even like having him in this like little talk show segment, it's not like he was blowing me away with his charisma. Well. For me, Waller is a lot better than Austin. Austin has gotten a lot better now after his United States run he's still going on or just went on. He did really well getting better. And now with Waller, he's at least proving that right now on the main roster, he's better than most of his guests he has on. Who's he? He's building people up. He's like RJ City, but for Spectre. I don't think he's that good. I think you guys all just want to fuck him. Like I think he's just a handsomer, more approachable theory like that's like theory's kind of like not his hand theory has like quality looks about him and my cousin wants to fuck him but like i think waller is more is more pretty gino i think that's what you're all trying to not say out loud but it's what's coming through from you Aaron, my lungs tk he hate me you guys just want to blow grayson waller and you're just afraid to come out and say your it. host of the grayson waller effect Econ 91 says him not gay, be leading, stop it. Nothing gay about banging Grace Waller. Just when you thought the Grace and Waller effect couldn't get any bigger. Bigger. Tonight we break the internet because my next. Is that fake crowd noise? Those people are sitting on their hands. Like, just, just like this guy doesn't have that much heat in my head or that much interest. Like, you didn't think we'd get any bigger? Well, we'll have a big show for you tonight. And, like, the whole crowd looks like they're fucking looking at their phones or sleeping. And, like, there's a bunch of sound. That's just the people on the hard camp side. I feel the people on the left and the right that we can't see are really booing the hell out of this man. Because they don't like this Australian man who's better than Austin Theory. Is he that much of a villain? What does he do that's super heelish? He's just a dickhead who just promotes himself with those fake tweets on the bottom of the screen. Guess isn't just... A titan of the industry. She's a living legend. An elite athlete. Woo! An absolute star. So get on your feet and welcome the 14 time champion, Charlotte Flair. Let's go. This guy sucks. I'm sorry. I, I, I was. I'm like positive wrestling guy. I can't wait to talk. I might join you guys on Friday. Like that's like he, watching Kevin say his shows a cartoon. I almost want to join SmackDown's third hour just to like, no, it was awesome. Did you see Santos? Like, like I, I'm, I, I like so much of what I watched. I think Grayson Waller is just missing it, dude. I've been able to enjoy every single Grayson Waller effect. I'm just looking forward to when he finally gets to be back in the ring and wrestle and hey. show why he's the Ooh, thank you, Dark Lord Equitus. Is there any reason why he's not wrestling? How did he land on this? I think it's because WWE sees this guy's funny. This guy has Chris, but give him just a talking segment and then not have him wrestle. So then when he gets back in the ring, it becomes a big shock because people become used to him just being some nerd who has his talk show. All right, Kevin says this guy's a th 100 times better than Pretty Deadly. I'm going to rewatch a little more of this segment. If I don't laugh, if he doesn't say yes, boy, or even longer, I'm an, I'm, I'm out. I need I, that's what I look for in my wrestling. Charlotte Flair, the superlative. <laughs> okay, that was kind of funny. The He's like all like shy. Ever seen in my humble opinion. I prefer Gonzo journalism, but Wow. I love his setup. I do like the little TV on the front of his desk. I think that's kind of a nice touch. It's like a Geratron 5000 thing. Wow. Wow. I'm going to be honest, it is great having you on the show tonight. We would all fuck her. Stop trying hey, to be cool. You guys have no idea how bad I want to woo right now. Oh! But, but, but let's get to it. Because in two weeks on SmackDown in London, England, you and Asuka go to battle for the WWE Women's Championship. And when I think of Charlotte Flair and Asuka, I think of matches that change the industry, raise the bar. Is he supposed to do So do you remember the Graham Norton effect? Is that what this is? Like, because it's the Grayson Waller effect, Graham Norton effect. Is that, what, that, is that where they got this? Yes, that's absolutely where they got this from. And it's a perfect idea. And you 
crack the code. Good job. It took you until 2023 to realize what Grayson Waller effect was really all about. I didn't know Grayson Waller was on SmackDown until yesterday. I, thought, I knew he got drafted, but I thought he was working Velocity in, in dark matches for the next couple months. Made history. Kind of like that time you ended Asuka's undefeated streak at WrestleMania. <laughs> that was so good. But devil's advocate, this isn't the same Asuka you've faced. Devil's advocate. Woo! Okay, Grayson, hit me with your question. Sorry, I got a bit distracted by you. Um, will you become a 15-time champion? No! Okay, okay, okay. 15-time, 16-time... But since we're talking numbers... All right, I don't like this. This shit sucks. Kevin's right. WWE sucks. Grayson Waller sucks. And even if he is better than Pretty Deadly, it's not very much because he sucks. I understand that, yes, the main roster shit sucks, but you know what's great. I did send you if you're very interested. Oh, my God. On Wagner very... opened up, and he spoke <laughs> with his man, Mr. Stone, about some inner stuff hey, that we what? never knew about, about Von Wagner. Thank you so much, Dark Lord Eglis. I like that you said, if you're very interested. Like, no, I'm not. Um, but for you, Gino, since it is your birthday, we will watch it. Okay. We will watch Von Wagner because it seems like every week you and I get together. We have to, me says, Gio, fuck yourself with your faggot clips. Fatso. We have to watch Von Wagner. Okay. That's just the rules of the land. All right. If Gino and I are around for some fucking reason, Von Wagner clips get played. I know that you, you said we like Robert Stone. Then, then, unfortunately for Robert Stone, he's being like drenched in the awful hot sauce that is Grayson Waller. So, thank you for sending me this. This is perfect, Gino. Thank you so much. Vaughn, why, why do you want to talk to me here today? Yeah, Vaughn. Because this is where it all started with you and me, Stone. Even when all these people were sitting in here in this arena and they didn't care about me, you did. So, what's this picture about, Vaughn? Holy shit. Look at his head. I had trigonocephaly. You know what that is? No. no. I'm Robert Stone. It's something I was born with. Baby skulls are meant to stretch and grow, but mine was fused into place early. Thank you so much, Dark Lord Equitus, for gifting a sub to our friend the Tizoc Wave. It limits brain growth. What? A gift? That was the gift? I just shouted that out, Chino. And there's only one way to fix it. Surgery. I was 15 months old in that picture. It was over a 14-hour surgery. Neuro and plastic surgeons working on me to fix it. Damn. They didn't even know if I was going to survive. Dude, this is sad, you know. They cut me from ear to ear. They Thank you, my face TWFS. Down. Thank you, Dark Lord Equitus. And they fixed my skull. And they gave me a life. They fixed him, Gino. I can't even imagine having a traumatic experience so young, man. I was in intensive care for a week. Lucky to be alive. My dad was out working to pay for the medical bills, and my mom, she never left my side, not once. It's hard for them to even talk about it to this day. They sound like really great parents, Vaughn. They are. The scarring on my head was bad. I did look different. Four, five, six-year-old kids in my class, they used to call me a monster. And you know, all I could do was take it. Because when I looked in the. Thank you so much for the gift subs. You know, this is sad. But doesn't it also inspire you? Like, dude, Von Wagner had scars all over his fucking head. And then he went on to become uh, NXT 2.0. He went on to become that show, pretty much. And here he is, a big wrestler. Doesn't it make you want to achieve more than what you've achieved? It does, and that's the whole point. This was all built up the story. He had to go to therapy to realize that he needs to open up and have this moment with Mr. Stone. Talk to him about the truth. 
of his past so he can truly move on and become better. What happened to that babe therapist? Did they bring her back out? They might have brought her back up, but right now this is what's more important is that we have this moment where he's opening up to Mr. Snow, trusting him with this past for him to be true to himself. Amir, I did look different. My mom would drop me off at school, and in the playground, other parents, they would just stare at me, and they would tell their kids not to look at me. Yeah, it was hard. My God. You were just a kid. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I have kids, and... What? I can imagine how angry that would make me. That's the biggest twist of this whole thing. That's enough for today. Alvok, come on. Thanks for today, Stone. <sighs> what is this leading towards? Are they gonna... Is there a match? Is he fighting somebody? Is Von Wagner taking on Carmelo Hayes at NXT Battleground? That would be a big moment. But right now, Carmelo Hayes does have to fight Baron Corbin next week. But we do have this big moment. We're leading to something big for Von Wagner as he's opening up and trusting Robert Stone. Okay, so I thought they were already boys. I thought they were, uh, yes, boys, but they're not. You're saying that they're, they weren't always best friends. They're just kind of they're toying with the idea. They were having anger management issues and problems between each other because Von Wagner kept on blaming Mr. Stone and other things that weren't actually the real issue. The root issue is something deep within Von Wagner. Okay. All right. And the, and the therapist was not on NXT tonight. You didn't see her. Not tonight. She was not on, but we had this moment afterwards. So he went to therapy to be able to open up, to realize that it's something deep within him that is the problem. He's trying to open up and talk to his manager, Mr. Stone. Gino, what's up with Gable Steveson? What happened with that? Remember, I saw him come up on, like, Twitter or something today. Remember they made a big deal, and there were even rumors that he was going to be involved in, like, the Royal Rumble. Like, I don't watch NXT. Is he even doing that? Like, how how do they keep this guy under wraps so much? Do they have ideas that he can be the next Kurt Angle? What happened with that? Well, there is some really good news about tonight on NXT. We did have Gable Stevenson come backstage on NXT to confront this uh, dude. I forget his name already. Who's been having this feud with Damon Kemp, who is great, uh, Gable Stevenson's brother, real life. So he's going to be training this man to be prepared for this Raw Underground match that they're going to have next week. <laughs> they're, doing, they're doing a Raw Underground match. Yeah, they called it a raw. He called Damon Kemp called it like a raw underground match. There's gonna be no ropes. No, it's gonna be the ring. It's gonna be this Damon Kemp and this one dude. And Gable Steves is gonna be training this man to be prepared to fight fucking Gable Steves' brother Damon Kemp. All right, sounds amazing, Gino. You're right. We're all wrong. Um, that's gonna be really good. We need to be watching NXT to get caught up on SmackDown. You're correct about that. So, okay, I think we did it, you know. I think we about covered all of the bases. We hit all the – Impact Wrestling was so fantastic. It really was. I'm really interested in this uh, this Australia tour. First time ever for them. They're going to Australia. I think that's a big deal. Thank you, Dark Lord Equitas. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then and then obviously, um, like with Slammiversary, obviously one of, always one of the bigger ones that they do. One of their major four – that is their – I mean, they only have four pay-per-views, so – uh, it should be a really good show. I like the direction that they're heading in. Uh, but, Gino, I think we about covered all of our bases. And it is easily 120 degrees in this garage right now. Did we miss anything? Well, there was one thing I also sent you before, Von Wagner. If you aren't, you can check it out. What was that sound, Gino? That is the entire card of the Summer Scissor that I'm going to be seeing this week and this Friday and Saturday here in Atlanta at Center Stage. If you want to check out what's going to be happening in the tapings for the next two weeks. So these are tapings. They're just tapings. Are they going to, when do they air? I would assume they're going to air next Thursday being like eight days from now, nine days from now. And then the week after it's going to be the two weeks. So it's going to be spoiling technically the down under show. I would assume since it's going to be the week after it, but it's again, should be great matches. I'm not going to spoil anything, but just this car does intrigue me about what's going to happen. This Friday and Saturday. Leo Rush making his big return to Impact Wrestling. Remember he retired? What was that about? He retired? Like, no, you don't. Why do you say that? Why did he pretend he was retiring? He wanted to have, like, this big moment where he was going to, like, release this first big album being his last match, which was a whole story about, like, how he wants his last match to happen. And then he had this whole big storyline with Joey Chanel would bring him back out of retirement, having him be like, no, you're not going to have your last match. 
we're going to keep us going, keep your heart going. So, like, he tried to have, like, a story within, like, him having his final match. Damn, there's a lot of matches booked. I mean, you, I guess you're seeing, what, four weeks of television being taped at this event. But, yeah, just looking – because you're right, it does kind of spoil the direction of things, right? Like, Saban versus Trey Miguel, they're having a title rematch. Uh, Deanna's defending her title against Taylor Wilde, but then is also having an open challenge like the next night. So that kind of tells you who's winning that Taylor Wilde match. Um, I guess that, I mean, when you, when you tape things, things are going to get spoiled. Like that's just how it works. Right. And then Shelly versus Brian Myers, our guy is getting a title shot. Come on, let Brian win one. Why does Shelly get to have the moment? I know, and that's why maybe I'm hoping that this match is actually going to be airing after the Down Under show and that maybe, just maybe, they decide to throw a curveball in this whole thing and we're going to have Nick Aldis versus Brian Myers at Cyberverse. And this is on Friday, so you're going to this. This is like You got tickets? I got tickets for the Friday and Saturday show, so I'm going to be excited to see oh what they're going to be doing. You're gonna now see... they're taping these weeks of advance tapings. I'm going to be so hyped to see live. Jonathan Gresham versus Angels. How, who is going to be able to calm you down? That is right up your alley, Gino. Uh, Courtney Rush one-on-one on one is going to be my match the fucking event. I'm excited to see my two Atlanta boys going one-on-one. This is going to be huge for you. Moose and Myers, they're taking on Swan and Callahan. That's another big match. So, yeah, you're right. It does kind of – a lot of the matches do get spoiled. And then there is a meet-and-greet, Gino. Who are you most excited to meet, Dirty Dango or Kazarian? I'm most excited to meet the most professional wrestler, Brian Myers. And then right after that, Courtney Rush, I the do, living lit. I do see both of them would be available to, to meet and to greet with. You're not going to meet PCO? I may meet PCO. Like, I'm debating, like, if I do have the money for PCO or if I had money for, like, Joe Hendry. I'm like, maybe I'll go with Joe <laughs> Hendry first before PCO because I want to see him be with another chick. Can't believe they charge you money to, like, say hi to wrestlers. Like, I don't know. That's just that's such a bizarre – like, if I ran into him in public – do I need to like pay him money immediately? Like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I saw you. We locked eyes and we're within five feet. Do do I owe you seventy five dollars now? How much was it for your Matt Cardona pick? Uh, that was uh, fifty dollars, which I respected. Oh that it was god. fair enough for an indie god who deserves it because he is the indie god. He's the king of the indies, and he deserves every bit of money. If you ever do be Matt Cardona, Brian Myers. You should be honored to give them money. Fifty dollars, you know, that just sounds like that's so much money that could be spent on any anything else. Like that's maybe that's my problem is that that, that could be spent on anything else at all, but it was spent on taking a photograph with another man. Like I don't know, it just bums me out. You know, like fifty bucks. That's a that's a right that's righteous bucks. It's money that was well earned and well deserved for the indie god, the Deathmatch King, always ready, Matt Cardo. You're not wrong. Matt Cardona, is he going to WWE? What's the latest on Cardona? He's enjoying the Indies. He only will come to WWE. He's actually said this on Wrestling a few months ago. If the three C's are met, Cash, Creative, and Cunt being uh, fucking, uh, what's her name, Steph Delander, that they are both are in a package deal and they both need Cash, Creative, Why? and each other to be on the show. Because they know that they need that creative. They need to know the money's up to them, what they need, and they request, and that they are the best. So they are the best together. We need them to stay together as the greatest couple in the rest. Why are they God together? Steph Delander, Portia Dorado, whatever her name was? Like, why, why is Portia she- Dorado, Steph Delander, they've been having an amazing run on the Indies right now. Okay. Hey, it must be amazing. All of us cannot stop talking about it. We did it, Gino. An amazing time tonight. We, we covered all of our bases. Impact Wrestling, SmackDown, NXT, a little bit of collision. I'm going to finish that right now, I assume. Can't wait to finish me some collision. Uh, but we did it. Tomorrow night's the whole fucking show. That's the best one, dude. That's my favorite one is the whole fucking show. Tomorrow night with Kev Be Cool. We're going to watch some Dynamite. Maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll not. Maybe somebody said something stupid on uh, the sessions, which is always my favorite. Uh, I like when somebody says, anything. hopefully Renee Dupree's in the news. That's always a hope that I have whenever Kevin and I get together. Uh, thank you so much, Dark Lord Echodis. Trovo.live slash TWFS for tomorrow night. Go to havegrit.club. Everything's there anyway. Site's amazing. Kevin does a fantastic job. And uh, uh, Trovo.live slash Vlitis. Check out the video room. It's all there. It's Kevin's right. It's all there. So get in there. Enjoy it. Gino, any parting words before we wrap this up? I gotta say, tomorrow night's gonna be an amazing night seeing Dynamite and seeing our favorite, the Murder Grandpa himself. Dark Lord Equity says, "God bless the Vleeties. Glad you feeling better, homie. Have a good night, Grit Gang." Thank you, Dark Lord Equity. The kidneys feel better, Gino. 
I'm glad the kidneys are feeling better, that you're doing better, that tomorrow's going to be an even better night. Again, with the murder ramp of Minoru Suzuki back on that, I'm like wondering what he's going to do at Forbidden Door 2. Hopefully some more matches will get announced. Forbidden Door 2 is He hate me says love you Vilides. I plan on dismantling Gino's Dash Mart pedophile ring by murdering him soon. Tcon91 says we did it Vilides. We did it Gino. Great work. Minoru Suzuki, your boy tomorrow night on Dynamite. And we will see everybody then. Have a good night everybody. Thank you, Gino. Thank you, Louise. Have a good night, man. Love you. Aaron Mylung says, Good night, Louise. Gino, I am closing in on your location. Standing desk, 120 degrees. We literally did do it. Have a good night, everybody.